We back. We black. The Sibling Rivalry Podcast. <laughs> this is why he gets on my nerves. It's been a few weeks. Uh, Charlemagne the God, Angela Rye. I've why? been up for 27 hours. Why? I don't know. I didn't sleep last night because I was coming from the West Coast. I know you did BeautyCon this weekend. So did I. I did BeautyCon. I don't know why they keep inviting my ugly ass back to BeautyCon. I have no idea. I do not know. Because <laughs> you got you know how to skin bleach, so they want to know how to use that. Product. Everybody thinks I be wearing contour. What's it called? No, you know what? You got your eyebrows microbladed. No, I did not. You wear eyeliner. No. You have mascara. None of this is true. And you wear skin bleaching. This is all Dr. Natasha Sandy, and uh, dermatologist, um, black woman. And you also wear. Um, you do contour. Nope. Yeah, and there's bronzer right here. No, nothing. If I did wear <laughs> Why'd you it, just if, wipe it off? If I wore it, it'd be Fenty products, though. Yes, that is a good word. Do you wear Fenty? Um, I like especially the highlighter. Really? Yeah, I like Rihanna. I don't, I don't wear makeup normally, but if I get my makeup done, I do that. Oh, that's a pretty baby. Whose pretty baby is it? That pretty baby. queen that is. What, what, what was your event at BeautyCon? I have though? my shoes off in here. That's fine. I got on slides. What was your event at BeautyCon? Because I saw you with the homie Karen Civil yeah, and Ming Lee. Um, and Ming Lee, I thought it was such a wonderful event because, um, or conversation, because we talked about two black women in business mm -hmm. who really figured it out on their own. I'm not saying that they haven't had good mentors and folks they worked with along the way. They acknowledge that as well. Um, but really figuring out how to make it with their own blueprint um, and two women who supported each other along the way as friends and have never stood in each other's way, never mm -hmm. saw it as a competition, always figure out a way to lift each other up. And it was just beautiful. Um, the fact that when they met, met each other, it wasn't a love hate relationship. It was like instant friendship, All right. um, which was really cool. And so it was a conversation on legacy, on friendship, on sisterhood, on how dope black women entrepreneurs are since we're the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in this country. And I got to sit with two of them who are doing really great things. I younger than me, younger than me and killing it. It's I, amazing. I love when. You do stuff like that because people get to see you in another light outside of just screaming at white men on CNN. You know, CNN. I really don't like screaming at white men on CNN or anywhere else. That's taxing. Really? I gotta be, right? Yes. Yeah. I would rather, like, talk about happy stuff. Or, I mean, and I don't want to do it to the point where, like, I'm making people feel like there's not real-ish going on. Mm -hmm. But, like, it drains me. I'm wondering about that, sad. though. Because I, I was talking to... um. Miss I feel I like my chair's on a gangster lean. It might be. That chair is broke, actually. Thanks. I, so if it falls, it'll be great for um <laughs> vi viral For the moment. video part? But I was talking to Ayanna President. I create she, enough viral moments without falling the hell out of that a That is very true. Although I almost fell out the chair when I sat down talking to Karen and me. I saw that. Who sent me that? Me. I'm, I'm self-deprecating. It's fine. Oh, somebody, I like somebody. sat down and I was like this. I was like, whoop. I yeah. was like, I almost died right here. Do you think that, I was, I was talking to Ayanna President, and she was talking yeah. about how we can't lose... Our joy for Congresswoman things. Ayanna Pressley, Congresswoman Ayanna Pressley, who ran against a, an incumbent of several years with the strength of the people. That's right. And is the first black woman, in black person years? ever to represent uh, Massachusetts in yeah. Congress. And Boston is racist. Massachusetts as, as a whole is they racist. They think that it's just the South. It is not just the South, bro. They say nigga. They say nigga in Boston. Can you shut? <laughs> Look at that nigga. That's not that real. nigga. It's not real. I'm going to hit him with my car. Ka is real, but the rest of what you're talking about is not. It's fake news. Okay, what were you saying? Well, Ayanna, saying it, what did she, she say? She said we should have joy. We, we got to remember to have joy. And I agree with that, but... It's really hard yes. to have joy right now. And, and it's yes. not across the board. Like, when you see her and Rashida and Ilhan and Alexandria, um, who they call the squad in Congress now, I get joy because I know that they're fearless advocates for us. I don't agree with every single thing that all of them do. Ayana, for the most part, yes. But uh, not, and, and really Ilhan, too. Alexandria, I got some questions about why she wants to run against some of our black incumbents. Um, but I think, like, the fact that they are fearless and will take things on even when like you know Fox and all these other news outlets try to make fun of them or delegitimize mm -hmm. what they're saying and they're still there that gives me a lot of um, um, I'm encouraged by that it gives yeah. me joy to see that but like they're not cowardly no but they like to courage. know that there were kids who started their first day of school when they were separated from their families that doesn't give me joy the fact that I'm having to litigate whether or not Donald Trump is racist or he's implementing a white supremacist we shouldn't agenda. even be a discussion I mean anymore. it's not like, it's, it's like it's really that? not a point like don't ask me that that's the you can tell right now it makes me mad because I feel like it's a form of gaslighting it's a patronizing question at this point 
But not only that, it's like there's nothing to question. Yeah, 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 like yeah. from before he was in the White House, it was a thing. So why is it not a thing now? Yeah, you I know? mean, it's actually past racism. It's actually to me, I just think it's fascism. It's a fascist agenda. Yeah, you've been saying that. I don't disagree. I did hear that white dude's name. I posted who I can't your fascism thing on my on my page. I don't even remember what I posted. It was like a checklist on how you know it's fascism. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I posted on there and people were like super responsive, like, yeah, it's definitely been this. What's the guy named Scary Moochie? What? What's the <laughs> The guy who used to be his man. Oh, they call the Mooch. The Mooch. Yeah. What's his name? What is it? Is it Scary? Ain't it Scary Moochie? It's not Scary Moochie. <laughs> scary Moochie. Scary Moochie. Scary Moochie, which is some of our family members. Scary, All right. Yo, Scary, scary Moochie. <laughs> Always he is, money. but you know what's so crazy is he. To me, um, we had a panel this morning on CNN. I don't know when this podcast is going to drop, but what's this today? Week. Is it today Tuesday? Tuesday yeah. So we we did um our panel is me, April Ryan, Bakari Sellers, and Andrew Gillum, and we were talking about um <laughs> scary moocher, and the thing that's so crazy to me with you saying that with you know with all the puns attached is it's kind of legitimate. My whole issue with him is like people want to applaud and like patty cake him for his courage right now. He was in the Trump administration for under two weeks. He's coming out saying the things that we've all been saying since before he was elected, really mm -hmm. since he used to say crazy-ish about Barack Obama I'm trying to cuss for Jesus. And um, what is so crazy to me is like people want to applaud that. He's not doing anything courageous. He's not going and, and challenging them on instead of, you know, arresting or taking and detaining the the— the parents and the laborers at these uh, chicken plants, they're not arresting the owners and yeah. the operators of the plants. That's how raids used to work. Mm -hmm. You're not doing nothing courageous, bro. I, I do like You're really not doing nothing courageous. I like the fact he's that trying he's trying to get a book deal. You think so? Yes. What is he doing this for? I don't know if I can stand behind trouble. Everybody's like, who gives a damn? Who are you? Yeah, I who do are like, you? Why I, do you matter? Like, let's see how many followers is he. I do have. like the fact that he said that Trump should be replaced at the top of the GOP ticket. That's not going to happen. And I don't even think Scaramucci. Is that his name? Oh, and he made a point on I don't even think he was I don't even think he was a Republican before he worked for Trump. When I think people were mad about that at the beginning. I don't know what the fuck he is. He looked like he should have been eight, on Happy he Days. He has 800 What are you talking about? He has 851,000 <laughs> followers. 851,000? That's a lot. Whatever. He do like he should have been on Happy someone, Days. Someone he he said when someone is dividing the country with racist rhetoric, he's still not calling him racist by the way, he's saying racist rhetoric. And that's like a thing that some white people do so they don't have to call it racism. And giving people a license to hate, you have to call it out. Congratulations. What you I, called it out several years later. Well, that's the point I, I was I was getting at on Anderson Cooper oh. last night. He said something that I thought was interesting. He Where's said that, that um, he definitely thinks Trump uses a lot of racist rhetoric, but he said he thinks Trump does it just to rile up a certain base. But he said he doesn't feel like Trump is anything. He said he, he, said he thinks Trump looks at people as objects. You literally should listen to the last part of my podcast, an unprecedented, unprecedented, because that's what Trump tweeted, unprecedented argument on impeachment because he, there is a record of racism that he stood on since before he was elected. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about early 80s. You know, he likes to share these pictures of him and Reverend Al to undermine Reverend Al or him and Reverend Jackson to undermine Reverend Jackson. And my thing is like, regardless of who's standing with you, yeah. that may be heroes to me or people who I count as mentors or people I look up to and respect, I don't care. You were still a racist bigot then. Yeah. He took out three full pages for Central Park Five. He got sued by the Department of Justice not once but twice. Had to settle with yeah. them. I mean, listen, regardless of what you, regardless of what you think you are, your actions show what you are. Yeah. So if he's a racist, he's a racist. But I do agree do with Scary you know what Scary I was Moocher. looking at? What? I'm trying to ask you what I was looking at. Why did I pick this up? Because you were looking at how many Twitter followers he's had. No, but I was also going to look up, what, oh, what was he before he was, I don't I, think he was a Republican. I do agree with Scary Moocher that Donald Trump does not give a fuck about anybody. I don't think he give a fuck about them poor white people that he be loving and catering to. He's I don't think he care about those white supremacists. I don't think he care about the nationalists. I don't think he care about black people, brown people. I don't think Donald Trump cares about anything but, but Donald that also Trump. doesn't, he cannot care about anybody and still be a racist bigot. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I don't but think I mean, he cares about anybody either. You can't really be mad at a person whose hands are that little because God made his hands what is little. Wrong with because you? he think about look how big my hands are. You know why these hands are so big? Because I am able to have a lot in these hands. I can hold a lot in these and hands. Somebody come get Trump him. can't hold anything in those little hands. So somebody how do you expect him to be him. a loving, caring person who actually cares about the well being of others with hands so small? Can you please somebody is there a buzzer that I can push? You should bring one. Yeah, so that when you you somebody needs to come get you. Not I don't have any proof that he was a Democrat, but I thought. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> just the disclaimer for this particular podcast, I've been up for how many hours? 27 hours. Yeah. And so maybe I might be wronger than normal. Now, I'm wrong sometimes. Now, the, um, we were supposed to start somewhere positive. We don't have to start we positive. We did start positive. We can, positive. Get, in somewhere we can positive. get back to joy. Where was joy? <laughs> not joy and read actual joy. joy like black boy joy yes. joy is black people. but when did we have that part oh we were talking about ayana yes. you're right i'm sorry she said we got to stay in a, a joyous perspective but that's something black this people is, i earned that i laugh at you all the time i earned that laugh but listen that's something black people have been doing since the beginning of time i don't give a fuck through the most heinous circumstances we've always laughed we've always sang because you gotta laugh to keep from crying that's it but I just I guess all I'm saying is I it's getting harder you and April Ryan look like y'all was having a good old time today we were having a fight when y'all was about dancing? scary mo- oh yeah no no not then you didn't watch the panel on the panel we had we had a little battle about um, scary, scary moocher and Why? whether or not like what he did was good enough um, and she compared him and Nikki Haley to her. And I told her, I'm sorry, like, you're the people's champ. They're not. They don't get applause because Nikki Haley tweeted, this is too far. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I'm sure you don't because you like to fight for fighting's sake. No, I'm just saying, like, I can't I can't uh, knock somebody whenever they come around. Like, we, everybody wakes up oh, at I'm different knocking, times. I'm, I'm, I'm knocking, bulldozing kicking like you don't get to come and then it's not really a true come around he's not really willing to say he's racist she's not willing to say like she had a comment on his post about elijah cummings on congressman cummings who is like man not just like a hero to me like when i tell you like if there was embodiment of christ-likeness on earth it is mr cummings really he is such a good human being and to watch him be verbally assaulted and harassed in the way that donald trump has done and then encourage his imps and followers to do the same it's been so destructive to watch especially knowing that like you know mr cummings is you know he's had a challenging last year or so well the people who hear you say that and be like okay so why is the whole totality of baltimore not reflecting this Christ-like individual. Because, first of all, all of what's going on in Baltimore does not lay at the feet of Congressman Cummings. Like, if we're if we're willing to put all of that responsibility on Mr. Cummings, then we have to put all that responsibility on, on the House and all that responsibility on the Senate. I'm not willing to say that every city that has a bad area or areas that are struggling is at, it belongs at the feet of the black, the one black elected official that serves there. Number what about one, all the money that's been regulated to the city? You mean earmarked to the city or re- designated to the city? I don't know what I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you just said. You don't get regulated money to the city. I don't know what you mean. But well, the go- didn't the federal government give money to the city of Baltimore? Designate. I mean, the federal government can give resources to mm-hmm. different areas, but a lot of times there are resources that are, that are designated to specific things. And I think what we really have to look at is why in every urban community is it in a, is it in a situation where it's dilapidated, piss poor, not up to par until folks get ready to gentrify it? Yeah, that yeah. is a, um, a a symptom of uh, racism and systemic oppression more than it is a black politician or the Democrats, as they like to demonize Democrats, not doing their part. There are more poor um, dilapidated trash areas in Republican districts all throughout the South. Uh, those same piss poor white people who think Donald don't Trump is going to change their life. People. I don't mean piss poor. I mean like they're piss poor, like they're very, very poor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like they're so poor, but for whatever reason, they believe Donald Trump is going to come save them. No, I, I agreed. But yeah. my, my only point is like, it's not just up to this one elected official. It is about people working together to create opportunity in these spaces. Mm-hmm. Even like the stuff you were working on with opportunity zones. If we're not careful, those are going to be gentrification zones. Well, I mean, they're, they're already gentrification zones. But I'm, So what I'm saying is because like... white people are the people who have the money to come in and Do buy, you see what I'm property. saying? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. what happens is we're mad at the victim for not having the resources, the tools, the capacity... The, you know, the spiritual know-how, the wherewithal to pull themselves up by bootstraps that don't exist because they don't have boots. And the truth to the matter is it's always the goddamn white man's fault. Okay. As much as you may not want to admit it, all of this systemic oppression and First marginalization of all, we talk about. you're not going to do 
this today because last time you got me completely dragged when I don't disagree with you necessarily. The only thing that I will say, (laughs) I don't. I think that I will say like it's not every single white person, but it is the function of how how we were brought here, stolen from a land and brought here and the intention. So whether we're talking about the institution of slavery or we're talking about the institution of Jim Crow, or we're talking about racially restrictive covenants in housing, mm-hmm. or we're talking about mass incarceration, or the war on drugs, or the yep. combination there. All of those things come from a system that always wanted to treat us as free labor and not fully human. I get that. And what I don't understand is how the breakdown happens logically in people's minds when it's like, okay, all of that is true until it comes to a black area that has a black elected official? Come on. I'm also not willing to let every black elected official off the hook. I'm not. Because there are some instances where there are people who finally see it as an opportunity where they made it and they've never had a six-figure job in their life. Yeah. Right? And they get they get bribed or, you know, taken advantage of for a fur coat we've seen in some places or, you know, for some low level check, you know, and that's not cool either, but that's also a function of systemic oppression. Why would we, why are we, why would we, I can't talk. Why would we be so easily bought? Why did that happen on the continent too? I agree with you, but why are people so easily distracted? Uh, I know, and I know it's been a while since that Elijah Cummings, Donald Trump thing happened, but has it been that long? It seemed like, like, I don't know, this shit shit goes by so fast. But he's doing something crazy every day. Because he's smart. No, he's no, crazy. He's smart. He knows how to manipulate the media. Now, Elijah Cummings mm-hmm. was calling him out about the kids and the cages at the border. But that's not all he was doing. You know that he has the Oversight and Government Reform Committee oversees the entire federal government. Mm-hmm. So they have subpoena power into every federal agency. And once the um, the Mueller report was over, it really turned to the House of Representatives like, okay, now you can really focus on what the Mueller report says and go forward with your investigation on tax returns, on this, on that. And he, I think he really got scared. So the kids was one thing, but I think he was like, all right. But that's our fault, though. Like, you got to learn to stay on message. If that is what a lot of— No, message? you did not. Everybody pivoted immediately from the kids in the cages and everything else to, go look oh, at look Mr. what he Cummings said bad about Baltimore. Releases. Go look at Mr. Cummings' press release from the committee. The committee's not distracted. But this is the problem. What? You got to keep the court of public opinion on message because motherfuckers is so simple. Well, but and the, that's what Donald Trump does so well. He's always able to move the goalposts. The main reason that they can't impeach Donald Trump is because the court of public opinion hasn't raised hell about it. That's what they wanted Mother to go up there and do that whole song well, and dance for. Well, he didn't do us any real favors that we're not doing ourselves any real but favors but I think that the, I think that the issue is when you are a people who um, your your economic power isn't intact your political power isn't intact your spiritual power and emotional power isn't even intact the first line is respect mm. and so when you're talking about what he said about Mr. Cummings or what he said about Congresswoman Waters or what he said about Andrew when he was running. You're talking about communities where people came out of those spaces and all you have is your family, your self-respect and that love. You're going to go for it. We never get in that from these, these, these white people. No, I'm saying like they're going to protect that. It's like at least you're not going to take this from me. But they don't respect you anyway. I understand so that, but I'm saying they're not going to be like, you're not going to come at me though and I'm not going to say anything to you. Yeah, you can say, yo, suck my dick. Okay. Baltimore's Jesus. fucked up. You know what I'm saying? But all of how about Baltimore spend, is not. How, like Morgan State University is in well, Baltimore. Well, some parts of Baltimore. But, but, but I would have said that you the president. Help. Since yeah, but people aid. said that. Mr. Cummings said that that's in one right. of his responses. And after you say that, you go back, back to what your main message was. And I'm saying, was. check his press releases. That's exactly what he was doing. Then they sent somebody in his house. Read. Then they sent somebody in his house to break into it. Was it the same person who killed Jeffrey Epstein? I don't know. Maybe. They might have been cousins. <laughs> you can't convince me that that... That's not funny. I think... Th- you, I think, think so, you think that was a setup? What? Let me show you his wife's Facebook page. This man, the man that broke into... It Mr. was convenient. No, the man that it broke into Mr. Cummings' house parked his bike inside the foyer of the house. What you mean? I'm about to show you these pictures. Was it a black person that did it? I can't see his face. And it has some symbol on the hat that's weird. It's not like a sports team's hat. I wondered about that. I wonder was it, was it a coincidence man. or did somebody And you know we're them? conspiracy theorists, but we don't be just conspiracy theorists for no reason. We be conspiracy theorists with facts supporting this. I mean, it's because... Actual conspiracies have happened to us in our lives. But that's what I'm telling you. Like, this wasn't no game. This dude is scared of Mr. Cummings. 
He's scared of Congresswoman Waters. He's scared of the Judiciary Committee and Jerry Nadler. He's scared of these folks. This is not what we were supposed to be talking about. Boy, you ain't no good after 27 hours. You can't even pull up a Facebook page? I wasn't logged into Facebook. <laughs> I don't be on Facebook because I'm still mad about the Russia stuff. What Russia stuff? You don't know how they let them buy all these ads targeting black people and so on racial Oh, yeah, discord? yeah, yeah. Oh, have you seen the great hack? Here we go, right here. Look at this. What, the great hack? No, here goes the hack. Oh. No, I want to see that. We were talking about, look at this. That's the dude's hat. Look at that. How'd he break in? He's like, he just walking in. He's walking and look how he got his bike right here. Chilling. Okay, popping a wheelie like Meek Mill. Look how careful he is with his bike. What did he take? Nothing. Mr. Cummings started screaming when he saw the man on the camera in the house. Oh, Mr. Cummings was there. Mr. Cummings and his wife were there. What the hell he start screaming for? Grab a gun. Because he doesn't shoot. How you ain't going to shoot nobody? The wife supposed to start screaming. What is this symbol on his hat, though? It's I like an no upside idea. down horseshoe. What is that? So what did he do? He just broke in? I can't even tell what color he is. Exactly. I'm going to be honest with you. Russian. I'm going to be honest with you. Russian. Might be the same people who attacked Jesse Smollett. I'm not doing this. I'm gonna be. I'm not, I'm not, this I'm not doing. <sighs> Listen. Apologize. I apologize for the people that attacked Jesse Smollett. Got accused for a beautiful Nigerian. This is not. This what? is not fake. They have this on camera, and it's. This is not. No, fake. I don't think it's fake on Elijah Cummings' part. This dude's leg looks black. Did they catch him? No, they still haven't found him. Really? This is what I'm trying to tell you. He's, He's easy to bl- easy to blend in in Baltimore on a bike though. No. He's a black dude. He's black? Yeah. I wonder how he got in the house. Did he pick the lock? I'm not sure. I don't know all those details. That's just weird to me. But, but there's a whole description on my The moral page. of the story is let's not, and I get, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sad that that happened to Mr. It's Cummings. It's not cool, man. It's like, not this cool, is dangerous. But we got to stay focused on the message. What was Mr. Cummings' original message and what made Donald Trump pivot? What was the original message from Mr. Cummings? Um, it was about the children, child separations and how oh, this is not normal. Boom. Focus, you gotta, we, we have to stay focused I'm, on again, that. Again, like I can take you to the oversight and government reform page. They've not deterred from that, man. Here's the thing. I agree with you 100%. But the average person, the average American does not read that kind of shit. But that's not Mr. Cummings' fault. It's not. But Mr. Cummings and everybody else in those positions have to learn how to communicate News. and send out messaging he does. better. Look on his page. News. The last press release that went out here was on August 9th, and it was a joint press release from Chairman Cummings, Thompson, and Raskin. Request information on immigration enforcement actions in Mississippi. This was on August enough. 9th. You know the language of politics is dead? The, but the bottom line is, like, this is just to show you they wrote a letter requesting but, information on it. What's the point the of writing rates. a letter if it's not going to be received by the people? You know why you are such a good communicator? It was received by the people. Did you know that this Ooh. was a Coke Foods plant? A Coke Foods plant? Coke Brothers Foods. What was the Coke Brothers? What are you talking about? Is this the Coke Brothers? What are you talking about? Did you know the raids happened at a Coke Foods place? No, I didn't. Oh what are you talking about? What raids God. are you talking about? The the ice raids in Mississippi. Oh, that was a food plant they 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 raided. A chicken plant. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I'm about to look up. Because if that's if that's why I told you that back in the day mm-hmm. when they did these raids, it was the owners that got arrested. Popped. Oh, it's not affiliated with Coke Brothers. Okay. How convenient. But anyway, the owners weren't targeted. It was the workers. That's what's wrong with this. So what was their reason? Ice raids used to mean that the owners got fined. Oh, I thought ICE was all about rounding up illegal immigrants. That is how this president has made their work. It has happened before, but it used to be focused on people who were at least engaged in criminal activity. Now they're got just targeting, you. like, whatever we can do to separate kids from their parents to make life miserable for immigrants, we're going to do that. Now they're targeting people who are, have legal status, but they— have used food stamps or they use WIC and now it's like oh because you've done this mm. we're not going to give you permanent status I think they, they're just trying to make it hard for them to come into this country period I shouldn't say I hate anybody they, they, I hate they, they don't want them to feel like this is the, the, the American dream I no hate more. they do that it's not who, when has this ever been the American well, dream well I'm saying think about it, some of these people who come from these countries they're That's running fair. they're running from things right so they think this is the American dream Donald Trump is trying to make it to where it's their American nightmare so they like you know what I'm just going to stay where I'm at because at least if I stay where I'm at I won't be separated from my family I really think that's what's going on. That is what's going on. But the other thing that's bad about it is he has a preference for rich people coming here. So he's good with rich 
immigrant. And that's why America is going to look like Back to the Future 2 when Biff Biff had the sports almanac and Biff area of town was beautiful and everything else was fucked up. That's how America is going to look very, very, very soon. In the next six to seven years. You know, I would would ridicule you in the past for these analogies, but I think you're probably right. If If we allow this to continue to happen. And that's the other thing. Like, what do you think we have to do to get people to understand what their real power is? We have to push. We have to push the house. And we have My to push. My hair is crunchy like Christmas trees. Did you hear that? Can you hear that? Can you hear it? That track dry as shit. I don't have a track in here. <laughs> this is gel from my ponytail. This is not a track. Well, stop trying to make fake baby hairs by using all that gel. There's no baby hair. This like you was trying. Even, no, I didn't even slick this down. Johnny did. Why you use so much gel? Because it needed to stay in place for my ponytail for um. BeautyCon, and then I haven't ta- changed it yet. Um, From Sunday, it's only gotcha. Tuesday. Um, I, I lost my. What my the fuck was I about I know, to say? Sorry, this is really. It bad. was something about gel. You were no, saying something about gel. No, it, wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't about gel. What the fuck was my point? Let's just now? move on. Maybe we need a devotion. Maybe it'll come back. What's the devotion? No, let's. I want to know what's the last thing that was super good. That oh, you I know what you said. What did I say? You said, "What do we have to do?" Oh yeah, that was a good question to get too. people. Engaged and yeah, so that they don't they know their real power, like they know that we can change this, we don't have to accept this. Number one, first of all, Democrats have to realize that the language of politics is dead. Why does it even have to be a Democrat? Because Republicans have figured it out. Donald Trump is talking right to these people in a nice, simple way, and and people are buying into it. It's not nice, it's just simple. It's simple. Democrats have to learn how to talk simple, and Democrats have to start being straight with people. They're not being honest about uh, our motherfucking um, democracy, right. Because democracy, as I I see it, is dead until they figure out well, let me what the add, fuck is going on with this Russian interference. Alive? You said who? Did you ever think it was alive? Um, not really for marginalized people, not really for yeah. black people, not really for women, not really for Spanish people. But so I'm talking about that's why America needs to be a, a, afraid because you got these white people who it's always worked for. It's gonna be bad for them in 2020. Like I go out and I vote for some liberal and you know that vote doesn't count or that vote gets suppressed or as uh, the Senate in, the head of the Senate Intel Committee who re, who stepped down I can't remember his name was it Dan Coates not Dan Coates no not the Intel down. Committee the Intel um, the Intelligence Intel Committee no it's not the committee you're talking about the CIA there no was it wasn't a, the CIA you no know, the um, sorry Senate Director Intel. of National Intelligence boom not, there you go Director not, of National it, Intelligence yeah. he stepped down he said that Russians have the ability to change votes it's yes, like why, we know that happened. But that why happened. aren't people making more noise about that? Why are you lying to people telling them go vote in 2020? But you you know our elections. I just are want to make sure people understand it's the director of national intelligence that is very different from the House or the Senate Intel Committees. Okay, director okay. of national intelligence. Yes, but why are we making this more of a big deal? Why aren't we well, letting? When you the, say we, who are you saying? The just the, the, the uh, Democrats, but I think people that, in positions of power, like like they're saying. Well, can I say this? Yeah. Here's one thing that I think is is kind of not fair to them. There was a bill that um, it was the first bill introduced when Congress came back and Democrats took over. It was HR one. It was um the I think it's for the people act. The for the people act. I'm just double checking. The for the people. For the People Act of 2019, H.R. 1 is an election security bill. The Democrats passed this bill in March, um, 234 to 193 votes. Mm -hmm. The Senate has yet to take that bill up along with any other election security measure. The person standing away of considering those bills. Mitch McConnell. Yes. They call him Moscow Mitch now. As they should, because after Robert Mueller said. but I, when, said, So when you say we're not making a big enough deal, I don't think that's fair. And I'll tell you when they're not. I agree with you that they're not being super courageous or telling it exactly like it is. But they have definitely introduced bills and have at least passed some bills on the House side that Mitch McConnell could easily take up. But if Robert Mueller says that there's yeah. Russian interference and the he director did. of national intelligence says there's Russian interference. And then Mitch McConnell jumps out there and blocks an electric security bill after getting all this information. Is that not a red flag? The point that I that I think is important um, is that I don't like that this is not being talked about as honestly as it should. That's all I'm saying. I agree. We had two days of democratic debates and nobody said anything except for Cory Booker. Here's the thing. I don't understand how right now when I'm agreeing with you, it still sounds like a fight. I don't know. It makes for good content. It does? You know, people just think it sounds like a fight when it just sounds like two people going at it. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> I don't have the energy today. <laughs> 28 hours. But don't you think it's crazy that you had two days of Democratic debates 
and only one candidate brought it up. Cory Book is the only person well, who even remotely talked about Russian yeah, interference. Yeah, that 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 That's did bother sad. me, and it bothered me when you brought it up. And I think that I think the question becomes: where, What are the ways that we can talk about this that are responsible, um, but still honest? And to me, it is as a black woman who believes in voting, has built my career on politics. I understand when black folks say this has never been a democracy to us. I also understand how the shit could get way worse, yes. right? Like it may not have ever been a democracy to us as we would have, have, have liked it to be, but it could be closer to an authoritarian, authoritarian regime than we've Fascism. ever seen. Yes. And yes, your buzzword for the day and for the month. Yes. That should be the buzzword for the whole administration. Like we shouldn't be talking yeah. about anything else. This is this is pure. This is fascism at its finest. But I, I think at Fake the end of the day, I, like I don't want to just identify the problem. I want to move towards a solution. The solution is they pass some type of election security bill. Who's going to make Mitch McConnell do that? And especially if people feel like they're so apathetic, their votes don't matter, their voices don't matter. He's not going to listen anyway. These what, people, what has to do, what has to happen? These people. They move when they see the general public moving. Who's moving? I promise you, if you can raise enough hell on social media, if, you know, uh, Miss, Miss Presley, Congressman Presley was going to give out mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell's number today, she didn't have it on her. Oh, she just has, just call the switchboard. It's 202-224-3121. Raise holy hell from the American but people. But here's my question, and I'm. this is where, this is my conundrum. I'm being dead ass serious. There's only so much fight I have in me. And to me... Right now, I don't know whether my emphasis and my energy should be placed on fighting Russia and this faux democracy that we currently have, or should it be fighting for our folks and moving us to, to positions of power, and then we'll get to that. How? I feel like both are like so imminent and so urgent, and I just feel like I don't have the bandwidth to fight both. So if you allow this guy to just... Steal another election in 2000. And I don't want to do that either. They stole Andrews and Stacey's we'll elections. Will never. Black people will never. And you, you just That's named, not just you just black named two examples. Yes, you're right. But you just named two great examples yeah. of two people who I'm their confident. positions of power were I'm stolen. I like, like Leonard. I'm telling you, I am confident. There's nothing you can tell me that Andrew Gillum and that Stacey Abrams did not win their races. There's what, nothing you can tell and me. And guess what happened to them? I'm confident. Not only did they get the election stolen. Russia interfered. There's proof of it. Not only did they did that happen. At least in Florida. I don't know that I had. Let me see. If there's not only did that happen, their campaign started getting investigated. No, I know. So, so, and that's so, by so, design. So Exactly. So what do you think that Donald Trump is going to do? Donald Trump is already trying to set the stage to go after all his political enemies. He saw the guy retweet a conspiracy theory about Bill Clinton getting the he's Epstein insane. guy killed. <laughs> like, no, but he's doing it on purpose. And he's going to have William Barr and all of those guys in the DOJ investigating all his political enemies. And then he's going to start getting his political enemies arrested. You know why? Because he got more courage and more balls than anybody on the left. Because that's what the left should be doing to his ass. I just don't understand. Now we're talking about balls. <laughs> I just, I'm not following. <laughs> I'm not following. I'm not following. I'm not following. I'm not following. Let's talk about something joyous. Wait a minute. Yes. I just want to look up. Yeah. Our monitoring. Interior midterm. You go better over large. Yeah. Well, there's, it says there's fear of it. I know for sure that. Are you listening? I'm definitely listening. I know for sure Florida, and I don't see anything. I, they say they they suspect. Yeah, but one, of, one but of for sure they found it in Florida. One of the, oh no no no, feds Russians targeted election websites in Florida, Georgia, and Seattle, Iowa, Iowa. No, this says 2016. But if they did it in 2016, they did it in 2018, too. I promise you they found it in 2018 in Florida. Listen, either way, we know that votes were suppressed in some way, shape, or form. What was the guy, Brian Kemp in Georgia? Didn't he, wasn't he over the fucking— Yes, he didn't—he he purged hundreds of thousands of voters, and there were 53,000—50-something thousand um, up to election day that hadn't been told one way or the other. So my point is, 
Why do we keep telling our people to run out there and go vote when we know the fight is fixed? Let's tell them that the fight is fixed so they don't get discouraged. People have to know that in 2016, they went out and they voted for Hillary Clinton. She had four million more to popular vote and there was Russian interference. Nine times out of 10, she probably won, but the election was stolen from her. We need to know that so we don't get discouraged. Okay, but I think like, here's the thing. Like, what, what to me was more discouraging than you knowing that, like, black folks should be the main ones that understand this. The game has always been stacked against us. Yeah, but this is different. No, no, no. This is kind of not different. I'm saying that if you know the game has always been stacked against us and we've always, our ancestors, our direct, you know, the folks who we're direct descendants of, our grandparents, you know, great aunts and uncles and all of them, parents, they've always figured out a way. We owe it to them to figure out. We owe it to the future to figure out a way. Listen, I agree with you. We shouldn't just be like, oh, well, it's fixed, so I just am going to sit at home. No, I think we need to. Dummy? That's not smart. I I shouldn't call people dummy. I think we all need to mobilize, but they have people the, the powers that be have to make the general public aware of what we're up against but I think they're not gonna do that and so this is my question going back to it from a second ago if we know that the elected officials right and just understand if they fear that telling the truth to voters means voter apathy that it directly impacts their jobs voters don't turn out they don't necessarily win their elections I get that they have a they have a conflict of interest in telling the absolute truth. So that means that people who are advocates and activists and otherwise informed need to share that information and say, we're not telling you this to sit at home. We're telling you this so you know what we're up against and why you need to call Mitch McConnell, why those bills need to pass the Senate, why these bills need to be passed on the state and local level, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it's the exact opposite, but I understand why elected officials would feel conflicted about it. I'm not saying it's right, but I get their perspective. Silence has never worked, though. No, it's terrible. It's just, it's, it's almost as... Um, as bad as being the predator or the oppressor yourself. Yes. Because it, I think I think silence is exactly that. It's dangerous. And I think that um, you know they keep saying how black people like we're going to be the deciding factor. Yeah. In the election in 2020, and you even see how Donald Trump right now is targeting you know certain black media outlets. You know, I think I read an article in the New York Times where a guy was saying he saw a Donald Trump ad on a Breakfast Club interview. You know, mm-hmm. right? And if that is what he's doing, because I think I read in the Times that he said he wants to target black men between the ages of 18 and 35 or mm-hmm. something like that. And they're going to be using the fact that, hey, you know, the First Step Act and yeah. the lowest unemployment rate amongst black people. If we know that he's targeting us in that way, if, what happens whenever black people have that type of collective power? Yeah. They find a way to destroy it. Whether it's Black Wall Street, whatever the fuck, whenever we unify in this group operation, they find a way to destroy it. That's yeah. why I think this shit, they're going so hard in 2020 to suppress our motherfucking votes. Yeah, well, it didn't start with 2020. It started as soon as they realized Barack Obama could win right after that 2008 election. There were immediate steps being taken for voter ID, cutting back on early voting days, getting rid of absentee balloting mm-hmm. in a lot of states. There were over 114 bills by the time we got to the other side of 2010, which is the same time that the Tea Party was percolating. And I remember at the time saying... One time for the percolator. You know what? One time for the percolator. I can't stand Tea you Tea Party today. was percolating. Around tea the time it started percolating. bubbling up, <laughs> the... Um, People were like, you know, oh, it's not racism. This is about fiscal conservatism, you know, and all that. And they wanted to ensure that they had health care that made sense. That was always a racist thing. Yeah. Right. Like I remember walking my boss at the time up the steps to vote for um, the Health Care Act. And was that Ms. Maxine? Queen no, Maxine? actually it was before them. But I was that before I was working there? What year was it? 20, you don't know where you at right now. You've been up for 27 hours. <laughs> I think it was, it was 2010. It was 2010. But I remember, I wasn't working for all the members yet, but I was working for, um, yeah, I was working for um, Congressman Thompson on the Homeland Security Committee. But anyway, there were other members, and at the time, like, walking with them, hearing about um, a white man spitting on Congressman Cleaver, who became my boss later. They were walking up the Capitol steps to go vote for the health care act. And a white man spit on him and called him the N-word. Yes, they were going to vote for Obamacare. Jesse Jackson Jr., I think Andre Carson was there. John Lewis was there. And Congressman Thompson. That's why you got to fuck people up. No, no, no. You're missing the point. The point is that 
Tea Party was all about racism. Yeah. Voter ID bills and voter suppression measures were always about racism. The The Supreme Court decision in 2013 to gut the Voting Rights Act was always about racism. It was always about suppressing the votes. One too many white Republicans have slipped up and said it. Yeah. You know? Somebody from the Tea Party would have spit on me. We'd have knocked their fucking ass out and spilled that tea all over the house steps. They don't have any tea, Leonard. Um, there was no tea. When are we going to start a cognac party? Okay, so now well, let's talk about therapy because we need therapy. We all need therapy today. I love therapy. What's the last good thing you learned about in therapy? Last time I was in therapy, I was crying my ass off. What happened? Um, the reason I was crying my ass off is because it dawned on me that my father never taught me anything that I can use now. He taught you about the importance of being black. Yeah, he definitely did. But I'm just talking about, um, I guess, uh, I guess I don't want to say being a man because I don't, I don't, I don't really know what the definition of being a man is. But I'm talking about like the little things, like learning how to change a tire, or you know, my dad never taught me how to change a tire. You're, you're a woman, though. But I don't know if my dad. Well, the one time I watched my dad change or try to change a tire, he was throwing the tire all in the bushes. I remember being about five or six. He's throwing the tire all in the bushes. We got a flat tire on a road trip, and I remember asking my mom. Mommy, why is daddy playing ball with that tire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I didn't know what he was, he was frustrated. Yeah. I didn't know what he was doing. I thought he was having fun and I wasn't invited to the party. <laughs> my dad, my daddy would chastise me for things that he never taught me about. Like so, when I, so, when, so, when, so you got to think, my dad spent a lot of time when I was growing up, he spent a lot of time in rehab. You know, uh, he, he was dealing with his own mental health issues. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he told me last November that he, Tried to kill himself like 30 years ago, but he didn't because of me and my older sister. We were the only kids he had at the time. Um, you know, he was on 10 to 12 different medications throughout his life. He was going to therapy two and three times a week. So he was dealing with his own mental health issues. Plus, he was dealing with drugs and alcohol. So I remember going to visit him and rehabbing stuff when I was younger. But I'm talking about this. I got, I got older and the streets kind of raised me. Right. And, it, and, and I was out there selling crack and wild and stuff like it was just little things I didn't know how to do. Like I could think about like um, one time when I, when I was selling crack, my, my, my dude. God bless the dead. His name's Jarrell. His father, God bless the dead, had called the house and was like, yo, you, you know, it's a lot of sales coming over here right now. You need to come through. Mm -hmm. uh, can we come over there? And I'm like, yeah. And I remember my daddy getting so mad at me saying, if you don't know how to handle business better than that, get the fuck out of my house. Right? And I'm like, well, at the least, you could have taught me how to sell drugs. <laughs> right? Oh <my laughs> like, at, the, at the very least. Did he you sell drugs? Me how to sell. Yeah, my dad sold a load. He sold, yeah, he sold drugs. Like, that my, my, they actually raided my... They didn't raid my mother's house. They came to my mother's house and knocked on the door and my mother signed a warrant for them to search the house because they had this whole, they thought my dad was some type of kingpin and they stopped him leaving uh, a section of Mount's Corner called Kiffield where a lot of my family lives and he had like less than a gram of coke in his hat. And mm -hmm. then they came to my mom's house and searched my mom's house and they found less than a gram of, it was residue on a bag in my trash can. So they took me to jail and had me and my dad in jail for like a weekend for less than a gram of cocaine. So, yeah, he did his thing. But my, my point is, I'm in therapy and I'm crying. Mm -hmm. I just started bawling. I'm like, yo, this, I don't feel like he ever taught me anything worthwhile. Don't get me wrong, it's, it's lessons that I learned from him. Mm -hmm. Like, he was the same man that handed me a message to the black man by Elijah Muhammad. Yeah. He handed me autobiography of Malcolm X. He, you know, but I mean, I didn't really learn anything directly from him. It's not like how I am with my children. When me and, mm -hmm. me and my oldest daughter are riding around and I'm explaining things to her and we're actually talking and I'm, you know, talking to her about communicating with people and I'm telling her books I want her to read and, she, you know, books she's reading now. Like, it's, it's different. Like, I'm, we in Africa together. We in Nelson Mandela's uh, the apartheid museum. Like, it's it's different. I'm, act, I'm actively always instilling things in my children. I don't think that he did that for me. Do you think that he did the best he could? I think he did the best he could. And and by the way, that is another thing I realized over the past couple of years of me going to therapy mm -hmm. and then him being open with me about his mental health struggles and just me realizing like, man, this, this dude is battling drugs. He's battling alcohol, you know, mental health issues. Like he, he did the best he absolutely positively could. So given that, that doesn't mean you don't have the right to be sad about your experience. Can you release him and be able to build? A, like, I'm not saying release, like, let him go, but, like, not harbor any resentment and not be unforgiving towards him, not be bitter about what he didn't know. It comes and goes. 
If I'm being honest, it how do you goals. how do you work on staying out of resentment and bitterness? Like, what is the, what is the practice? Um, I don't know because I don't I don't I, I I try not to think about it. I suppress it, but then it comes out in therapy. Um, and when I talk to him. I love him, but it's mostly just business. But then I start thinking about the future and I start thinking about, well, damn, well, what about when he's not here? Mm-hmm. How will I feel? You know, mm-hmm. but then I have, I have resentment over weird and I have resentment when we on vacation and it's like, my mom is with me because my mom made my mom get a passport. And I'm like, it'd be so dope if her and my dad were still together. Mm-hmm. And I could, you know, show both of them the kind of love that mm-hmm. I show my mom, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, so I can't help but think about that type of stuff, which is one of the reasons that, you know, I am a big proponent of black men not cheating. Like, mm-hmm. not only because my wife don't play and she'll kill me, but also <laughs> because I see how that fucks up the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. And we, we always point the fingers at, you know, systemic oppression and marginalization and that all of that is true too. All that all that played a part in breaking up the black yeah. fa- the black family. But and why the black woman be the head of the household in many instances. Yes, but we yeah. we I don't want to I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, I don't want to contribute to that. You want to break the cycle. I want to break the cycle. Fuck yeah. that dysfunction of black family. Like I think when I see a black family is dope. When I see a black husband, black wife, their black kids, that's strong. And I mm-hmm. think we need that. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I like that's when I what I saw what my father did. To my mom and how that messed up our family, at least I think it did. I, I just don't want to, I don't want any parts of that. So all of that does is make me fucking sad when I'm in therapy. Mm. So. I hope you keep working on the. So if you ask me what the last thing I learned, I learned that that is the root. My father is the root of 95% of all my bullshit. That's hard. I, he is though, because you got to think about the things he did teach me. The things he did teach me is just a bunch of shit I'm trying to unlearn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because do it doesn't serve me. How you feel if he heard this? I don't know. I mean, me and my father have had kind of, my father has said things to me like, "Yo, you know, you having one woman is dope." I've heard, he said things like that to mm-hmm. me. But now I remember when you, when I confronted you about cheating on my mom, you looked hey. me in the eye and you told me, "You only got one woman." That's like you only got one woman. Yeah, when you get older, you gonna understand. But I I wonder if let me just let me put it to you this way as your sister you have grown so much in the last year you have grown so much more in the last 2 years when you consider your the trajectory of your growth over the last few years why would you not allow your dad the same bandwidth and grace to grow himself cuz he got to do the work but maybe he's growing. It may not be at your pace, but for him to say one thing to you about cheating back in the day and now acknowledge something completely different, that is growth. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that what he said wasn't damaging, but can you release the thing from before and honor where he is now? I listen, That's I, for your own good. No, nah, I agree with you. I listen, I love my father. Mm-hmm. I think I'm my father, I think he's a great man. I just don't think he was a great father. He definitely wasn't a great husband to my mother, mm-hmm. you know? But I love him as a human being. And it's just like when I see him, I see so much of me in him that it, it's, it's actually frightening. Yeah. Because I'm like, I could I could go either way, right? So I just want him to—I want all men to do the work. Like, you got to do the work. Like, you got to do the work to be a better human being, period. But it sounds—I think that the thing that I'm trying to push back on you on is the fact that it sounds like he has done some work. The fact that he even told you that he battled with depression. True. Right? That means that he had to come to terms at some point with some of his stuff. Well, I had a cousin who killed himself. Over, it was, over, yeah. it was it, on Thanksgiving Day. He was I didn't I didn't know him, so I'm not even gonna sit here and act like I knew him because he was young. He was 26 years old, but he used to yeah. work with my father mm-hmm. all the time. Like my father would give him odd jobs to do, take him to work, stuff like that. And um, that was the fourth time he tried to kill himself. He shot himself in the stomach once. He took some pills once. He cut his wrist once, and he shot himself in the mouth on Thanksgiving Day and killed himself. And but be, be, between that and my last book, which was Shook One, which was all about anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and stuff like that, that's what made my father have that conversation with but me. But that is a form of growth. And I think that I'm just saying, like, the 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 thing that I don't want you to rob yourself of is um, 
the the places of gratitude you have for your dad mm-hmm. so that you can appreciate growth. It may not be at your pace. It may not be the type of growth you want to see. You may resent him still for some of the things that you're having to unlearn, but I dare you to shed some of the resentment so that you can really release that stuff because what it sounds like, the one thing I've been learning in therapy is about mirrors and how people are in our lives to mirror behavior for us so mm. we can get rid of it. Mm. Um, and sometimes mm. it's an inverted mirror. Um, mm. And an inverted mirror is, it's it's a perversion of who you are. Not perverted mm. in like, you know, the best little you. kids way. But it's just, it's an off version of yourself. And so they're there to highlight certain inadequacies in, our, in ourselves or certain weaknesses in ourselves. And mm-hmm. so your dad is probably manifesting some aspect of that. And it's triggering for you. But the reason why it's triggering for you is because there's something in you still that it's that is activating, that it's registering with that you have to shed. That's not his responsibility. That's yours. No, you're right. I mean, but that's honestly, that's just being a that's just being a young well, I'm not young no more, but that's just being a black man in hip hop culture. But because I've been telling you I've been telling you that I think you should write him a letter. A long time. I would love to write him a letter, but man. But man what? Niggas don't read. That's not true. You think he wouldn't read your letter? I don't know. You think he didn't read your book? He did read the book. Come on, man. He would read your letter. You're right. And I bet you there's something deep down for him that wants to get that relationship right. I ain't going to front. When you said that to me, this is how I know. When you talk about still fighting things, like going Mm -hmm. back. When you said, I said some whole shit. I ain't writing him no letter. <laughs> Why? That's what no. That's what my mind said. Why? I don't know. Well, let's talk. Okay, stop screaming. It's triggering for you. Why? Because that what, what, I, what I was said earlier, that goes back to being like a black man in hip hop. Like I was raised in a certain era. I was raised in the, the, the not 80s. Because Tupac said, dear mama 90s. and not dear papa. <laughs> I, yeah, that too. I mean, okay, I mean, you had Shaq who did songs like, you know, uh, biological didn't bother talking about his mm-hmm. father and stuff like that. But, it's still it's 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 hard, as easy as it is for me to be vulnerable now. It's still just as hard for me to be vulnerable. Well, let me put it to you this way: the very behavior you want your daughters to um, exhibit is the behavior that you have to demonstrate yourself. But it's easier for women to do that. That's not. That's ridiculous. That's I really not believe true. that. It's, it's ridiculous. You don't think women are more loving? You don't think women are more nurturing? Don't think women are more caring? No, women are I, more think, I, think, I think that what you're talking about is an overgeneralization. I think generally that can be the case. Mm-hmm. But I think that I'm in a lot of ways more guarded than a lot of my female friends. Mm-hmm. And I've had to do a lot of work to shed that. A lot of it just came from trauma and triggered. And so I put a guard up so I wouldn't be hurt because mm-hmm. I'm super sensitive. But I know a lot of sensitive boys and men. But they were told that wasn't okay. You're exactly. sensitive. I am. The reason why you're sobbing in therapy about your dad is because deep down is hurt. You're not mad at him. You're hurt. And so it's just like, okay, the way to resolve this hurt so it does not pass on to your daughters is to deal with it. And I'm the reason why I recommended a letter is because I told you I wrote my dad a letter because that conversation is still your dad. You don't want to have a fear and you don't you don't want to for I didn't want to forget stuff. So I wanted to read him everything. So I wrote the letter and then I read it out loud so we could talk through it. And so that doesn't have to be your method. But what I'm saying is I know you well enough. Like the reason why we started this podcast so so we can let people into some of our phone conversations. This comes up enough on our phone conversations for me to say this is a block for you and Mm -hmm. you do not know what it's keeping you from. You know, like it could it could be a whole nother a whole different world out here, a whole different way where you could be shutting down violence in communities between black boys if they could realize that having this pain and talking through it and working through it is okay. Yo, you're absolutely right. And your fathers are important. And I think that, you know, they made us they made us believe that black fathers were so not necessary to the point where we started to buy into that a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. you can think about how many men were just forced to be men on their own because yeah. their fathers weren't around or how many women didn't have that love from their fathers so they had to get it from other guys. So it's just like, yo, when you become a father, it's just like the first thing you want to do is be a better father mm-hmm. than, than your father was and you. Especially you. Like, you want to be the best at everything you touch. So that's not a surprise to me that you want to be the best dad. I would just implore you to also be the best son, not just to your mom, but to your dad, too, even if you feel like he doesn't deserve it. Because if you can extend yourself in that way, you being able to be vulnerable in this regard will only free you up. I will also say 
I, and I don't know if this is true, but this is what's on my heart. You don't have um, biological sons. That doesn't mean you don't have any in the community. There are people, young boys every day who listen to you on Breakfast Club who are using that, the words that you share as fatherly advice. Mm-hmm. What if you broke through this other barrier with your dad and you could go into communities and train them up in other ways mm-hmm. to be better men, to be better fathers, to be better brothers and sons? That might be your call. That might be why you don't have no boys because you got a whole hundreds of them, you know, out here that are looking no, at you for that. that guidance. I can see that. I mean, that's why when my father told me about the mental health issues he was dealing with, it helped me know that, that I was on the right path because he... Mm-hmm. was honest with me about that. And mm-hmm. I get that all the time. I get these brothers that run up on me and be like, yo, man, I started going to see But it took you to be it. that vulnerable first. That's very See true. what I'm saying? That's like, true. just because you're the son doesn't mean that you're not the leader. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, just because you're the son doesn't mean that you're not the leader. There may be tools that you're getting in therapy that your dad never had the privilege to be exposed to. That's true. That's why, yo, we, we are the first generation that has the luxury of healing. That yeah. I know. Like, back in the day, good times, they were scratching and surviving. We are thriving. Well, we can't heal our present or our future if we don't heal the past. We're carrying that trauma around, and it's going to surface. Because what happens is, you know how, like, you, um, let's say you bake a cake and it's burnt, and you just put frosting over it. You know what I mean? You layer the frosting over it because that frosting tastes good, but sooner or later, somebody's going to bite into the edge of that burnt-ass cake. Mm-hmm. You're, you can't get past that. Like, you have to uncover that. You know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing beautiful or that t- nothing that tastes good that you can coat on top of that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like putting icing on dog shit. Or not burnt cake. Yeah, that's fine. Makes can, it even worse. Can we shift gears before I cry? So you learned mirroring in therapy. Yeah. And I learned um, that the root of a bunch of my bullshit is my father. Well, do you want to know one other one that's more vulnerable? What? That I'm I'm scared of this one. I went to this um, forum called Landmark. And in this forum, and it was a form of therapy, but it also was triggering for me. It really got on my nerves. But I learned a lot. Like, I have pages of notes from Landmark. I think you should do it, by the way. But in Landmark, they didn't say it directly, but they dealt with this concept called rackets, where it's like the back and forth that you go through with people all the time. Oh, that's you all day. Shut up. You why, why would I want to be vulnerable? <laughs> do you have to do this? You're right. Okay, you're right. So there is this moment where it like lists out these different rackets that you have. Like, you know, you're trying to make somebody wrong. You're trying to win this argument. You're trying to... And I was like, I do every single one of those. And then... There was this moment, because I I think I've talked to you about this, too. Like, there's addiction in my family. Like, it runs deep. Not necessarily Mm -hmm. my immediate family, but, like, alcoholism, drugs, like, all of it, gambling. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, shit. I have an addiction to being right. Mm. Like, the, 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 whatever the... Thing that the adrenaline rush, like when I'm winning artists, when somebody says you're right, I'm like, yeah. Like that thrill is like crazy. That'll never work for you in a relationship, by the way. I'm just being honest. That that will never work with you in a relationship. Anyway, the point is That might work on TV, but not in a relationship. Shut up. I don't I, well, maybe it does manifest itself in all my relationships. But I think that what's so crazy is I can think of the moments where my dad is like, You right, baby. And I'm like, yes. You know what I mean? Like, there are all these moments, mm-hmm. and hearing that is like, I won. And it, it kind of goes, and there's a nut, we don't have time for this, but like, it well, goes we into, because well, I'm, I'm, there's another layer to it, which is oh. like this image of perfection, which we've, all, we've also talked about. So it feeds into that. Me being right means it's closer to a, perf- a perfection image, right? But the right thing, what was a breakthrough for me in Landmark and then subsequently kind of just working through it. I'm not done. This is going to be a hard one. I've been being right as hell for 39 years Mm -hmm. was the question, would I rather be right? Oh, happy. No. Oh. Would I rather be right or make the person whole? And if the compromise is winning the argument so that you can be wounded or um, tabling the argument so that you can be whole and I could be a part of your healing, I would rather that. But what if you being right is part of making that person whole? It like you might be, be telling that person something for his own good it or could her good. Be, own but good. it's the method, right? Like it, it doesn't have to be a teardown or a takedown or like, you know, winning at all costs, which is really my thing. Like it would just be like bulldozing to prove this thing. And the outcome of it of it is people thinking I got asshole tendencies or people thinking like your bitch or people thinking, you know what I mean? And it doesn't mean that I'm like never gonna 
win an argument and again or be on a debate on CNN. But I think the ultimate thing is it can't be winning the argument at all costs. You know, that's one of the 48 laws of power. It is? Yeah, I'm going to read it to you. It's never, uh, never, hold on. I don't want to misquote it because this is a good one. Somebody can learn from this. Never win. Yep. It is law nine, Mm -hmm. win through actions, never through argument. And it says any momentary triumph you think you have gained through argument is really a pyrrhic victory. The resentment and ill will you stir up is stronger and lasts longer than any momentary change of opinion. It is much more powerful to get others to agree with you through your actions Mm -hmm. without saying a word. Demonstrate. Do not. What's that word? Explicate. 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 What Demonstrate. Do not explicate. I'm not going to be right right now. Yes. Wow. So I, I haven't read 48 Laws of Power. When, when I first heard of this book, I was scared of it. Um, I, was oh, like, I read it when I was young. I mean, I've, I've read I read it. I, I heard about it when I was super Christian. So I was like, that sounds like I'm trickering, tricking people. Um, but I want to read this. It, I mean, I've read it a few I times. I am still a Christian, though. Yeah, I, I've read it a few actions. times. It's, it's not a bad book. I mean, it's, not, it's a great book, actually. It's just that it's like anything else. You take it in. You don't have to live by it well that's the same thing that like I feel like I learned with Landmark but I'm like I really want to exercise that because the like also you know it gets taxing like going back and forth with people they get on my nerves so I'm probably getting on people's nerves I might be on my own nerves I'm drained after that and nothing happened yeah yeah nothing was really accomplished that's why I said it'll never work in relationships because when you're in relationships and you're arguing like when me and Jess are going back and forth I gotta say to myself sometimes do I wanna be right or be happy yeah I'm just, and just because I feel right don't mean I am right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I could yeah. be dead wrong, but I, she might just say, fuck it. Or I might just say, fuck it. Mm. But nothing got accomplished. Now yeah. we just sit around the house pouting at each other all day until one of us comes over, which is usually me. It's like, baby, I'm sorry. I, That's good. I, at least you, know. you will apologize. Because I know, listen, I know I'm a lot. You are a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you are a I, lot. I know I'm a lot. And I get I get upset at the smallest thing. Not even upset. You know what's the worst? I was um, in Mexico and I told you I was in Mexico. And every day you sent me something that you were upset about in the moment. Trying to destroy my You were looking too happy on your IG store. <laughs> you were looking way I too happy. I wasn't you, even on my IG story that you, much. You just wanted to ruin you, my you vacation. You were looking way too happy on your IG story. You know what else I, learned, I realized about with my wife when I argue? What? I'm never, I don't get, I don't get mad at her. I'm not upset. I'm not mad. I just be hurt. She's the, she, she hurts my fucking feelings But listen, all the time. this is what I'm trying to tell you. Even the stuff about your dad, you're not mad at him, but you're hurt. And you have to have, give yourself permission to say, it's okay to be hurt. It's not that you're less of a man. You're not. You're sensitive like every other human being. Now deal with it. We really had a cockroach steal moment the other day. Ooh. Oh, cockroach. I, well, I was, you know, I'm tired. So I was like, oh my God, there was a cockroach. I'm back. Cockroach <laughs> no, and Theo. This is a Cosby Show I'm reference. So this, is a, this is a real Cosby. auntie, uncle uh, analogy. So only a certain age de- demo going to understand this. But we was. Uh, we old, so we understand. Yes. This. So we was at the airport. Mm-hmm. And I don't have pre-check. And the reason I don't have pre-check, uh, global entry, because I got felonies. They won't give it to me, which is oh. crazy to me because Wax got it. And I don't understand. Wax got kidnapping charges. Stop. I don't have fucking kidnapping charges. Wax for they revoke his stuff. But, um, you need to call. You know what? I have somebody we can call. I never went, though. I did it online. If I, th- if I think if I went down there. No, you. when you go online, you have to go in for an interview. Did they give you an interview? No, time? I didn't even get to the interview. It was like, no, because you got to type in all your felonies and all that stuff. So everybody in my family Do got it. Do it again. I might have to try to do and it. And then when you if it gets rejected, can you send it to me? We have some people we can call. Yes. So, you know, I get to the we get to the uh we're leaving LA mm-hmm. and we're at the line. I can go through clear. She can go through pre-check. But you and she got clear too? No, she got I pre-check. Love clear. Clear is that you need both clear and pre-check. Or I agree. You also need greeters. Yes. But we I'm serious. But we, for safety. We, we we usually just go through together regardless of yeah. what it is we got. But it was early in the morning. She was tired. So I'm just thinking she's behind me. She was like, yeah, I'm going to go to pre-check. You go to clear. And I, I didn't pay that no attention. So I just see her walking to pre-check. And then I'm in clear. And then, like, the line was still kind of long. So it took me a, a little, not a, a long time, but a little while to get through. And she was already through. And I just, I held that shit until we got on the plane. <laughs> and then we got on that plane. And I said, I really didn't like the fact that you went through pre-check. Oh my me. god! Like that really hurt my feelings. But I was, I, I was like, yo, that hurt my feelings. Like you just, you felt abandoned. Yes, for ten minutes. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm not committed. I did. I did. What is that? What is that from? What is that? I don't know. It's just did like, you yo, get left in the store when you were a little kid? 
Did you get left I know at home? Of, I don't know. But it, but I, like I'm saying, like I said, it's not things that make me upset, not things that make me mad. I can honestly say I just be genuinely hurt. Okay, but I need you to, some some of those, can you let them go without having to confront them? Like, can you just release it? I tried. I, we need to schedule another Yachty we, talk. We, we went and had muffins. We got on the plane. We said I was hurt. It's like I was. I was like, what was your what was your releasing practice? What did you do? I just wasn't saying nothing, and then she wasn't really thinking about it because it was early in the morning. So she was like, "Oh, we just tired." So yeah. It's like you know we, we understand. But when then, you said that, was she like, "What?" She was like, "I thought you went through clear," and I was like. And then I, I even bought it up again last night. And it's two days oh later. Oh, my God. So I, listen, Let it so go. I said, so I said, now listen, I just really want to ask you something. Not once, when you went through that pre-check. Oh, my God. And I wasn't through that line. You didn't think not once, like. You are such a baby. Where is he? This he is ridiculous. I would. I wanted, like, to counsel you through this, but I can't. This is ridiculous. I might have been being a sucker. You're, no, you're being a baby. You're being Maybe. a brat. And here's the thing. Like, there are definitely moments where some of this makes sense. This is actually a little nuts. And you have to let it go. Like, it's not good for you. To, my mom get, tells me this all the time, so this will show you where we might mirror each other. My mom is like, Angela, make big things small and small things nothing. Oh, yeah. Uh, my my homegirl, my vet Brito, says... Don't major in the minors. That too. But like you really held it for two days and brought it up twice. I did. It's not a good use of your time or justice. I did. That was it's not, petty. It's not a good time. You could use the all's time. Um, I need to leave. Oh, no. CNN. What's up with CNN? What's up with this all black panel show? I don't know about a show. We did that. It was on page six of the New York Post. Oh, because page six is definitely where you get your facts. You, April Ryan, Andrew Gillum, Bakari Sellers. Mm -hmm. We did another panel this morning on New Day. Exactly. Is there really a show happening? They have not talked to us about any show. I've not received any calls, not any emails. So where did the story come from? People want to see black people on CNN all together in a show slot, probably. Clearly something Desire. happening, though, because CNN's keeping y'all together. Got y'all flying in from different places. They like they like the panel. I promise you. I, ha I haven't heard anything else. I wouldn't lie to you. Do you want that to happen? I think that um, I wouldn't mind it. I think that what I care the most about is that black people are reflected on every major network mm -hmm. in spaces where we control the content, where there's you know, black EPs and creatives and segment producers, and we're creating a pathway and opening opportunities for other folks. And so if we can ever be a part of that, you know I'm down for that. Yeah, I don't think CNN Always. fully grasped the concept of that there is a different viewpoint of the world that comes from black people. You know what I think? I think that somehow when they put us all together— um, I think that what was an, the interesting dynamic is we don't all agree. It wasn't like we were on. It was an amen choir. It was different perspectives, sometime on the same view or completely divergent views. And I think for black folks, it was dope because it's like we've been telling y'all that we're not monolithic. Yeah. Right. And I think even that though and Andrew look exactly alike. They, they don't, don't look think alike. anything alike. They don't look, they're not even the same shade of black. Like they're not the same person. They definitely look like they come from, the, they popped off the same gremlin. All right. It's been real. All right, guys. Uh, thank you. This has been another Thanks, edition of brother. Sibling Rivalry. Write a letter to your daddy. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to ask you about it later. I'm serious. All right. It's uh, Charlamagne the God, Angela Rye. His name is Leonard. Leonard McKelvey, Angela Rye. Yeah. It's Sibling Rivalry. Yeah.